What is up, guys? Welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm your host, Herman Lin. This is the show that helps make fitness and nutrition way simpler and more realistic so that you can improve your physical health without sacrificing your mental health. If you're new to the show and you enjoy it, hit subscribe after the episode so that you know when future episodes come out. Also, if you are looking to take your fitness to the next level, I offer one-on-one strength and nutrition coaching that is designed to help you build muscle, burn fat, and improve your overall relationship with fitness and nutrition. Just go to wiseandwellcoaching.com to learn more. Or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at wiseandwellcoaching. I will always respond to you. All right, guys, on to the episode. What what I've been doing with these is like I – We'll, we'll talk for like 30 minutes before I start recording. And then it's like, I'll have this big pause and we're like, all right, ready. And then we yeah. come on. I'm like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, let's just start recording. And then yeah. anything that's in the beginning, that's just kind of like weird. I'll just cut out. And then we'll just have like a natural entry point into the episode. Right. I like it. I like um, it. But you, so one, you live like down the street from me, don't you? I live in Grafton. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So I'm in, I'm in Brookfield, um, which is amazing because I don't feel like there's like a lot of us doing this over here. No, it is so funny. So I was actually I went to an event for the first one. So you know, 2021 was the year I got uncomfortable. Like every every decision I made is like, what would I, like old Ryan do, and what is new Ryan going to do? New Ryan's just going to get more uncomfortable. So I went to this yeah. event by myself, didn't really know what to expect. And I, I sit down and, you know, halfway through, you know, so I'm not in the front row, I'm not in the back. And this guy's like, hey, mind if I sit next to you? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Nice to meet you. Exchange pleasantries. So where are you from? Cedarburg. Like, I'm in this wow. room in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this guy sits next to me. And he's from literally the next town over. Um, like, two Wisconsin people in the room and we're sitting next to each other. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. So, and you do, you primarily coach parents, right? Yeah. So I like working with, oh man, I love working with just parents of like young kids. Like, cause then you're relating right with me. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So I kind of understand the struggles immediately. Like, it's not like a learned thing. It's not something that I used to do. It's what I'm going through right now. And I think that like, it's such a challenge to prioritize yourself when you got these little guys running around, especially if your mom, like, I mean, my wife's upstairs right now and man, they can't go like 20 minutes without like touching or hugging her, jumping on her, like needing her. So like being a dad is one thing, but being a mom is like a whole nother realm. And I think there's just not enough like realism for them to get the the help that they need. Like, you know, you do have, need to step away. You need to prioritize yourself. Um, it's not selfish. It's actually extremely selfless because if you take care of yourself, you're going to be painting a picture of like what a healthy mom looks like. And that's the stuff that yeah. I think is, you know, really cool. Cause if I help healthy parents, my, my big thing is, one, I'm afraid to raise my kid in this world. I'm not going to lie. It's a scary place. And with like the state of everybody right now, it kind of makes me worried. And if I help parents have a good relationship with exercise, food, confidence um, in themselves, and they can relay that to their kids, maybe they're going to be happy, healthy kids. So then in mm-hmm. theory, you know, like my kids will be raised around happy, healthy kids and know what that looks like so that they're not the weird ones, you know, eating healthy and working out and exercising. Um, so that's like my big old mission <laughs> that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for saying, you know, the, the real part, cause I think that's, what's kind of missing in this whole health and fitness space. And it, and it has been for a while is like, we're, we were just kind of talking about this 
off air, but you know, I, I think the reality is we're in this really weird place where we've got two extremes now, right? Like we've got the side that's kind of like grown over the last couple of years. That's basically like, don't change anything. You're perfect. Exactly how you are. Right. And like doing anything that, that is remotely uncomfortable is inherently disordered, right. Or, um, harming your mental health, which like, I think there's some, some truth in that of like, we probably were neglecting our mental health before and, and Mm -hmm. pushing too much about discipline and, you know, do things that you, um, you know, ignore all those, all, all the feelings, but also there is some truth of like, you do need to do some things that actually make you healthier. Right. Even if you don't want to in the moment, but then there's the whole other side that's like, it makes it seem that the only way you can be healthy is to work out every day, right. Mm -hmm. Is to eat a hundred percent clean is to do all these things that you see on Instagram and you see these influencers and everybody follows it. Everyone thinks it looks really cool, but then they log off and they go, well, I'll never do that. Yeah. Right. The the hardest things to, when you're talking about people on social media, you have no clue the context outside of that 90 second reel that they just put up. Like, so if you're following like a mom that's like cooking in her kitchen and showing you this amazing recipe that she uses and the kitchen's spotless and you know, everything's like shiny and then she's got this fancy, like everything to me, that's just not even realistic. Right? Like my, my countertops, I swear I wipe them down 13 times a day just because like, yeah. I like having a clear space. Like our floors, I could sweep them three to four times a day. It's bad. And like, I feel like I can keep a pretty good, you know, clean house just because I'm home all the time and I want to be around, you know, organization. But man, like you, you see what they're doing and how they're put together and how they're dressed and how everything, you don't know if they had a makeup artist come in right before that. You don't mm-hmm. know if they just, you know, they have a full-time nanny watching their kids or whatever, or if they have a personal trainer come to their house and take care of their stuff or, you know, a cleaner that just went through, you have no clue the context. You're just assuming that, man, she really has everything together. And, and it, it's not to like their fault. Like, why would they want to put together a reel that doesn't look appealing? Yeah. I, I, I get both sides of the story, but when you look at what's perfect and then what's real, I think there's a huge gap and I'm a big fan of like, all right, yeah, everybody would like to live optimally. Well, mm-hmm. if it's not realistic in your lifestyle, you can no longer live that way. Like I would love to work out for an hour and a half where I go to the gym, I get a nice warm up in, I get to work out. I'm not saying I need that an hour, just like, cool, it'd be nice to spend an hour in the gym. And then, you know, I'd cool down and maybe there'd be like a sauna there and then it, maybe a, a massage therapist and like, and you know, a cold plunge and all that good stuff. That's just not ever going to happen in my life. Mm. I don't have that luxury of that time. I also don't want to take that much time away from my my day to day to go do that kind of stuff. So could I, you know, be more disciplined and do more things like that? Maybe. But if it's taking away from the quality of time with my kids, then it's no longer optimal for me. And I think that's like just another thing in the gap is like, well, you're just not disciplined. I think my discipline just looks a little different because I value watching cartoons for 30 yeah. minutes, you know, it sounds weird, but that's kind of, I guess like the gap that I'm trying to fill. No, it's, it, it's such a good point. Cause we, I think there's a problem with optimal, the mm-hmm. idea of it, right? Like we, I, I mean, five years ago, you know, maybe closer to 10 years ago now for me, like I got, and I, and I said this before we started recording too, that like, I got very into the whole space of clean eating you know, um, 
like all the all the hacks, the biohackers, you know, lower lower carb, intermittent fasting, like you name it. I was I was doing that trend. Um, and there's nothing, look, like I don't think there's anything wrong if someone wants to fast. I don't think there's anything wrong if people want to eat less carbs. Like you, you know, people have different preferences. They're totally okay. But for me, it was very much an idea of like, I felt like I had to do all these things to be optimal, to live as long as I possibly can, right? And that took away from my quality of life. Like I would go to restaurants and I would look at menus for, you know, hours ahead of time being like, what can I, what can I get there mm -hmm. tonight? What's going to be awkward if I ask for this, and then people aren't going to think it's weird. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and that, like, I've realized eventually it's like, what is the point of doing all these things? If it's making my life worse, not better. Yeah. I had a really big aha moment working with somebody and she would bring Tupperware to weddings. She would, you know, bring her own salad dressing to every restaurant. She would, you know, make sure that she made her low calorie, low carb work wherever she went. And you could tell like she was just always stressed about like hitting this calorie goal. She was eating like a thousand to 1200 calories. Uh, she would, she did HMR a few times. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a hospital food program. So you're, you're monitored by a doctor. They actually don't recommend you to exercise during that time because you're eating about 800 calories a day mm -hmm. um, for different periods of time. And she would lose 30 pounds every time she did it like three times. She lost like 30 pounds the first time, 25, the second time, something like 20, the third time. And she kind of came to me and she was afraid of carbs. She was afraid of calories. She's like, I could never eat that. And she would say things like that. And I'm just like, okay, what do you want? Like, what is like this burning desire that you feel like you've missed out on for the, the, you know, the last 10 years of your weight loss goal. And because she would lose the weight, she'd always gain it back though. So really she, she didn't have success, but she saw it as success. And I'm like, well, success is losing and keeping it off. And she's like, I really want a patty melt. She's at this bar restaurant with her husband. She's like, I see it come out of the kitchen all the time. It looks amazing. I haven't had it in like a decade because like the calories and the fat and like, oh my gosh, like the process, like she just, she couldn't wrap her mind around ever having that ever again. So we did a little reverse diet with her. Um, and we got to a place where she was eating about 1800 to 1900 calories for the first time in like a decade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, go have that patty melt, like go have it, go order it, eat as much as you want. If you know you want to have half of it or whatever, make it work. And she was a big tracker. So she tracked it and everything like that. And she actually lost weight the next day. And it had everything to do with like her activity and water fluctuation. She didn't lose like, you know, a half a pound of fat in a day. Right, right. We all know that. Um, but she, for the first time, she's like, oh my gosh, I can eat this and not gain weight. Like she yeah. thought the next day she was going to step on the scales can go up five pounds. Because that's kind of like what would happen in the past when she was so restricted where she would go have one meal and her body would just want to store everything and retain all that water and everything. So that was like the first aha moment. She's like, oh my gosh, I could actually like enjoy some parts of life, eat relatively okay the rest of the time and, you know, be active with things I enjoy doing like gardening and walking and like, you know, some exercise here or there and have confidence to like kind of do this for the rest of her life compared to the extremes where she would go to the you know hospital food plan and then she go spend on like three months on vacation and gain it all back every year. Yeah. And that's the, that's the hard part, right? Is that people believe, and I used to believe this, that like the amount that you need to do is so dialed in mm -hmm. and close to like a hundred percent that when you go off veer off plan at all, you feel like you failed. And you mm -hmm. feel like, well, I already screwed it up. So what's the point? And it's the polar opposite. <laughs> like it is, I always say this and like 
every other post and I say it intentionally because I wanted to stick with people, but I always say that it is better to be 80% consistent for 30 years than 100% perfect for 30 days. Ooh, I like that. That sounds... That's catchy. I like that. <laughs> cause we, cause that's what we try to do. We, we, we do these whole 30 plans or we do the 75 hard. Right. And like, there's, a, there's something about a challenge that like, I don't mind the idea of, Hey, I just want to see if I could do this. But a, a lot of people do go into these hoping that it like transforms everything. Yeah. Right. And the reality is that you had to get to this point where you can eat the patty melt mm-hmm. and be okay with it. Right. And, and I think, Ultimately, like it's, it's so much simpler than what we make it out to be. Like, it's not about the foods. We all try to make it like, what are the right foods and the wrong foods? And it's just comes down to total calories, total protein. And yes, the types of foods you eat influence if it's easier or harder to hit those calories and protein. Right. But ultimately it still comes down to what those numbers are. And once you kind of can like look at food in that way, I think it becomes a lot less scary because you realize it's way more flexible than we make it seem. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to like just emphasize there is not like a clear point. Like my maintenance calories is 2256. Like it's, it's yeah. all dependent on your day to day, your movement, your activity. So like, if you know, if you're sick and you don't move and you stay in your bed all day, like you're not burning that higher calorie range. So you don't need to go eat that much. Like, and having that like realization, if you do exercise and do eat, you can have a little bit more. So if you're someone that needs to eat more, or like you enjoy food and you want that dietary flexibility, you probably should have some muscle mass. You should probably do everything in your power to get your, you know, your metabolism as high as possible. Like, you know, like you say all the time, like prioritize sleep, be hydrated, mm-hmm. like take stress off your body. Um, I kind of hang out between, you know, if it fits your macros is one thing. I typically only have people go to like calories, protein, fiber, mm-hmm. fats, make sure they're in a good spot. So their hormones are satisfied carbs. If they like, you know, we manipulate those based off of their lifestyle. Uh, so yeah. they have energy to survive. That's kind of like how I go, but they're usually only tracking proteins and calories. And then we bring awareness to fiber because I just think again, fiber makes things easier and make sure like, you know, healthy people eat more fiber. Um, I don't yeah. have to tell anybody on that, but yeah. you know, it's just your food quality is like a little bit higher. And then you have the whole paleo side, which is you can eat anything that you want as long as it's like whole nutrient dense, you know, grain free food. Um, and I think both of those are kind of missing the mark a little bit. Like if it fits your macros, yeah, you shouldn't be smashing like culvers every day and like drowning in ranch, but you fall within your calorie range. You're going to yeah. be miserable the other like 23 hours of the day. Um, and when you go paleo, you know, you can't enjoy the things like the patty melt or like the French fries or things like that. So I like to go somewhere in between, like there's room for everything. And if you can hang out 80%, of like 80% consistently, like you said, that's a pretty sweet spot. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a fish fry with my wife tonight just because we can, and I'm in a deficit and how I did that. I had a very lean breakfast. So I had a big egg white omelet for breakfast. I had like, I have the pork centerline cut. Like I just, have a bunch of it with um, a wrap this for lunch, had apples and peanut butter for a snack by five thirty six o'clock. I'll be hungry and I'll be able to have any fish fry that I want. Cause I still have another like 1100 calories to eat and only 30 grams of protein. And yeah. like, that's how I look at my day. And I know that might be a little bit too more detailed, but when you have that, I don't want to, yeah, I guess I'd call it a skill of like how to like map out your day and look at your day to hit calories and goals. Still, it's really cool when you can go have like a fish fry, be in a calorie deficit and still hit your goals. If your goal is weight loss. 
Yeah, that's, I love that last point. Like, I think it's being able to look at these foods and say, how do I strategically, that's why I love having clients plan out future days. Cause mm-hmm. what I want them to say, to do is look at and say, what do you want to eat? Right? Like, what do you want to make sure it still fits into your plan? Is it a couple slices of pizza? Is it a margarita? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me <laughs> what it is. Right. And like, let's make sure that you can get it in there Yeah, and, and still hit your goals. Like there's no reason you can't. Yeah, that's that's super scary to a lot of people. They're like, no, 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 like I can't be healthy if I'm having like margaritas and whatnot. Well, you're gonna have them anyway, and then because your plan told you you couldn't <laughs> have them, you're not gonna have like one or two. You're gonna have like three or four because like, well, the wheels are off, and yeah. that's an aha moment that I have all the time. Like, I I have a newer you know client that just came on, and she's like, oh, you know, I had this one plan, I, I pre-tracked just like you said, but then my friend invited me out for breakfast, and I'm like, sweet, cool, sounds fine. And she's like, yeah, but then I had, you know, the wheels fell off and I just ate like crap the rest of the day. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we can't do that anymore. You can have whatever you want for breakfast and then you make it work the rest of the day. Or you see like where, you know, you had like the skillet with the cheese and the butter and all the stuff in the, for breakfast. Um, could you have made like a different choice there? Because what you did is you got a little flat tire. You had a little inconvenience and then you got out and instead of getting the jack out and changed that tire, you just slash the rest of the tires for the rest of the day. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm off right now. Um, compared to like, you know, you had a little inconvenience or a little mishap or a little challenge. And instead of just fixing the problem in the moment or making it work or, you know, figuring it out, you went the complete opposite. So next time, what are you going to do? Cause your friend's probably going to ask you to breakfast again, right? Like we, we can't just avoid that friend, the rest of your, you know, your fat loss journey for the rest of your life. Could you change the restaurant? Could you change the menu? Could you change your food choices? Could you have what you want then and then just make it work the rest of your day? Could like let's talk about all the different strategies. And she's just like, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. What you, that's what you have to do unless you want to feel like you're either on or off the rest of your life, which is a very like self-defeating kind of prophecy where you know you feel like you're either on or you're off. There's no in between. I think we need to live in the in between. Yeah. Hundred percent. Is that your kids in the background? Oh yeah, I got kids. <laughs> um, my mom <laughs> awesome. came to visit. Where I'm like, my office is in her spare room. So, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's a very, very real moment for everything that we're talking about. Yeah, I think you just turned on a vacuum back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I, I think everything that you're saying resonates with, and I. It's it's funny because when I started making posts, I didn't realize how much of this is like what people need to hear because what you see out there is a lot of the opposite, right? Like I, I honestly, like I personally can't stand it when trainers and influencers and nutritionists are like making posts that are basically like saying that, um, Oh, hi buddy. (laughs) This is Lincoln. Hi Lincoln. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I can't stand it when, you know, I see trainers, making these posts that basically remind people like, Hey, you know, uh, you can do this stuff, but like, you probably need to be more disciplined and you probably, you know, that all that stuff you ate in the weekend probably is sabotaging your goals. It's like, dude, we know mm-hmm. like everybody knows, right? Like everyone, no one is walking around being like, I don't know how I, how I, you know, mess that up. Like, it's like people understand if they went off of their plan or went off track, what I want to make sure is that I don't care why you went off track. Like mm-hmm. we all do. That's just, that's real life. That's reality. You don't need to pretend that you're going to be perfect all the time. The important part is what are you doing next? 
Yeah. Right. Like how do you get back on track as soon as possible? Because that is what distinguishes people who find success in the long run versus people who don't. Yeah. And I, when, even when you say that, you know, I try to even change the narrative. So I'm like, I'm a, I'm a weird language person. Like I hear weird things now that, you know, from coaching and I don't know, training Mm -hmm. and being married. I don't know where I came from, but when you say like off the tracks on the tracks, I'm like, what, like, why even have tracks? Like you're right. not a train, like you're just a human being. You're all over the place. So like, let's just normalize, you know, and, and then instead of having like that negative connotation of being off the tracks, let's just call that like a fun situation that you wanted to have because you know, you wanted to have it. You wanted to go do it. That's an activity that you inherently enjoy, or, you know, you enjoy that restaurant or enjoy that drink or enjoy that thing. Let's have zero negativity associated with, let's just call it like, that's just, you know, that's how I live sometimes and be yeah. really okay with it. And then the rest of the time, like you're, you have this other way of living. It's not on or off. It's just, they're balancing. Um, and, and then again, that gets to the place of like, you know, you just got to find balance. And I'm like, well, as a parent now, I don't think balance exists <laughs> because for every, like, it just, it's not possible. So what I try to like figure out is harmony. Like how do you just make it all work together? Cause right. for instance, I love sleeping. I prioritize it. I want to get it all the time. I have a pretty good wind down routine of me where I fall asleep, I stay asleep, and I wake up feeling rested. Well, my son Lincoln that you just saw did not sleep four out of the last five nights. And he's just awake crying. And mm-hmm. it's not optimal. And it does make the next day challenging because, like, you know, professionally, if you don't get good sleep, your blood sugar the next day is a little bit like just off and more mm-hmm. reactive and leads to more cravings and different hunger cues that you're not necessarily easy like wanting. So for me to be in a deficit, it is hard. And I'm not gonna lie, like I didn't hit my calories perfect this week. And would I have loved to like prioritize my sleep? For sure. And it's just, it wasn't possible. So what am I gonna do? You know, like ah, F it, I'm just gonna go eat everything that I want. I'm gonna go drink everything I want. I wanna just not exercise. I'm gonna go take a nap instead of go for the walk. Sometimes a nap's okay, but like, I don't, I know that long-term when I exercise, I actually feel good. When I go for walks and get fresh air outside and away from my desk, I feel better Mm -hmm. for me to go sleep and then feel groggy later. It's almost like I'm making the decision to not feel better then. And then it just doesn't make sense for me. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go take the walk outside. I'm going to go, you know, get my dog out. He deserves it. He's more important than my sleep kind of thing. And then it's just shifting those thoughts around and, and looking at things. just a little bit different so that it, it doesn't make sense to kind of like say F it or like, I'm going to just give in or I'll, I'll get back on on Monday. That just, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't register for me anymore, but it also I'm, I'm coming from like four years of actively trying to think that way. You know, it didn't just happen yeah. overnight. You know, I was a personal trainer for 10 years and I struggled for all 10 years um, while I was in the gym. Cause I was trying every diet that people would be interested in. They're like, what do you think about, you know, paleo? What do you think about keto? What do you think? About? And I would just go try it. Um, you know, honestly, I never gave keto a fair shake. Like I did like 14 days. I'm like, I feel miserable. I'm tired. Same. <laughs> I just, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I, I'm like, cause I was awake at, you know, five in the morning training people. I needed carbs and I, I needed energy. I literally had blueberries one day, like for breakfast. And I felt amazing. I'm like, I need carbs. Like, this is just a sign. I cannot cut out carbs like this the rest of my life. So yeah, keto yeah. didn't work for me, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying is when everybody's talking about being more disciplined, like I thought I was pretty disciplined. And I still struggled for almost a decade until I figured out my plan to feel the best. And now my plan that I like how I eat, what I eat, how I exercise makes me feel a certain way. And I love that feeling. And 
it, it's not restricted. I don't feel anxious around food. I don't feel like, you know, should I eat this or, you know, do I want to have Culver's every day? Like, honestly, like, no, it really messes my digestion up. Like I enjoy it like maybe once a month when I used to be like a once a week kind of guy. Cause like that once a week just wasn't working for me anymore. Um, it's, it's just bringing that awareness to like how you feel after each meal. And it, it takes a little bit of reflection, but once you do, it's a magical place to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that is the really interesting part that I've noticed working with people when you start moving away from this whole like you can't have this food, you can't eat that and you just basically say like everything's on the table. Right? Like we're trying to hit these numbers. You can mm -hmm. build the puzzle however you want. I want to like, let's focus on the foods that we want to make sure we do have for sure. Mm -hmm. Like let's get the protein in there, right? Let's get the veggies in there, the fiber. Um, and then after that, you know, eat the foods that you want to eat. And what's super interesting is that over time, when you kind of get rid of this notion that, okay, I really, really can't eat the pizza, right? Like, or I can't eat bread. That was like a big one for me back in the day. Like I thought bread was like the devil. It was like, <laughs> you, which is like the craziest thing ever. It's a slice of bread. But when you get rid of all those beliefs, all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know if I really want that food, mm -hmm. right? Because you start, realizing like, okay, I'm going to eat the Culver's tonight, which I do sometimes. Like I just like, sometimes just a burger just sounds good. Right. But I do know most of the time after it's not that I feel that great. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you start associating and I see clients all the time. Like they're like, they have something bad happen in their life. Like I literally had one, um, that, that had a check-in today. She had, she's a principal at a school and, you know, she had a, a tragedy with one of the families at the school and it was like tough, a really tough week for her. And her, her inclination was to go for a walk, to go to the gym and to eat something that made her feel better because she was thinking about like, those things make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is like, that is an unbelievable place to get to because we, we usually do the exact opposite, right? We're like, we're looking for comfort in the moment, but I think once you can start associating, well, what is this food going to make me feel like in an hour rather than for the next three minutes? Mm -hmm. That's like an unbelievable place to be. Yeah. I, I always try to say like, all right, what's the purpose of the next two to three hours after your meal? So I have, you know, some people, they might, I don't know, eat too much at lunch or whatever. And then they're exhausted by, you know, three o'clock or they feel like they need another meal that early. But what'd you have for lunch? Well, I had like Culver's. I had like chicken, like chicken tenders or whatever. Um, again, like I have chicken tenders, I have kids, I have chicken nuggets like daily. Um, yeah. but if I want to eat something like that, that has to be the last meal of the day. And my plan has to be going home and going to sleep because if I want to get anything productive done, like I just know I won't be able to. And I think when people start making that realization, so like, you know, if you're go, if you're having this for breakfast and then you're starving by 10 o'clock, well, let's reflect, what are you having exactly? And is it spiking your blood sugar a little bit more? Like, could we add a little bit more fiber? Could we add a little bit more protein? Maybe some different like fats in there um, and make it work with your lifestyle. Because one thing too, that I don't know if anybody ever talks about is it's not necessarily the food that you're eating. It's the circumstances around you. Yeah. So like, if you, did you have a good like night's sleep before? Well, if the answer is yes, and then you're still starving, well, what was the atmosphere like when you were eating? Were you eating it, you know, in traffic as you got cut off and you're late and you're super anxious and you're stuffing it down your throat? Or did you like 
You know, did you prep it yourself and take the time? Did you enjoy it with your husband or wife? And did you watch the sunrise, you know, together? Yeah, and have a yeah. Magical moment where you ate over like 20 minutes or was it in like one smoothie that you sucked down like on the way to the car, like, you know, kind of thing. Because I think those things, they're not the biggest drivers. But over time, I think that, you know, if you have digestion issues, that's one of the first things I look at. You know, mm. what, what's going on around you when you're eating? Are you always like, if you're that principal, are you eating in your office all the time? Just like in between meetings or, you know, if you're a super busy person or like a mom, are you like just picking and grabbing things as you're yelling at your kids all the time? What does that atmosphere look like? Because, you know, that's kind of the relationship that you're getting with food too. Like if you're anxious every time that you're eating, you're kind of tying that anxiety with what you're eating, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, you feel something certain way about it or you have a negative feeling. Um, compared to like, all right, well, I'm eating this so I can go handle all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I always try to like, my meals are pretty much, if I'm going to lock down and want to be focused, they're going to be higher like proteins and fats. If I'm going to go exercise in a little bit, I'm going to eat something that's, you know, a little bit lower on the fat, a little bit like moderate on the protein and a little bit higher on the carbs. And again, like this didn't just happen overnight. These are what I tested with myself. And that might be the best advice for some people. It might be the worst advice for some people. You got to find yeah. that individual individuality with yourself. Dude, that it's so interesting that you just said, well, I have two things. So I, I'm going to try to remember both of them, but one, it's so interesting that you said the digestion piece and stress, right? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my story for years. Like I always thought I was sensitive to all these foods um, you know, I, my, I was always bloated. I had digestion issues. And so like my inclination was always like listening to like, Oh, these, it might be these, it might be FODMAPs. Mm -hmm. It might be this. Right. And, um, and I would like keep like avoiding more and more food and my digestion wouldn't get any better. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because over time, as I started kind of like unlearning all these things that it's, yeah, you know, like most people are not sensitive to gluten. Like it's, it's, it's probably okay for, for the vast majority of people. It's probably not this food or that food, right? Um, my digestion issues started going away and it was, and I literally had a gut specialist on the show earlier, um, last year. And it was amazing. Cause that was the one of the first things she, we talked about was that a lot of times it just stems from literally being stressed. Mm -hmm. And if you're stressed about the foods that you're about to eat, of course, you're going to digest them all funky. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, like that makes so much more sense. I was sitting down for my meal, looking at my food as if it was the enemy before yeah. I ate it already. How is this right? going to affect me now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're almost playing on defense. Yeah, exactly. Playing on defense versus going on offense. Right. And that's, and that's where now I look at food and this is where I think it's so helpful from like you, you mentioned the protein and the, and the, you know, adding veggies to your plate or adding fiber to your plate, right? Like to me, almost all my meals, like exactly your point of like looking around what is not, you know, people say carbs are bad for you. Carbs make you crash. But like as a, as a nutrition professional, you know that, well, no, it's not that carbs make you crash. It's that a lack of protein and a lack of fiber around the carbs. Yeah. They're quick crash. digesting. Right. And so like, as soon as you add that, all of a sudden you avoid kind of that after that after crash. Right. And mm -hmm. so to me, it's like, I try to get enough protein and I try to get protein in every single meal, but I don't think of it as like a, Oh, I eat protein to get jacked or I eat protein to lose weight or I eat protein because like, you know, I'm in the fitness world. Like I literally think about it that if I get protein and I eat this other food, I'm not going to crash 30 minutes later. 
And to me, that is like super, super important as I try to live a really busy life and try to be productive and not, you know, be tired all the time. Man, there's a few things that I got to, that's such a good way to look at it compared to like, people get very stressed out like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get protein in every meal. Like it's the biggest challenge, but like, okay, if you can't, what can you do? You know, can you add a little bit of protein? Let's meet you where you're at kind of thing, rather than like just trying to flip everything and, you know, and and make it work. The... (laughs) What you said about um, digestion too is like if you have any gut issues or digestion issues, take a moment to reflect. How long do you actually like chew for? And if you mm. can't tell me that you chew your food, you need to go chew your food. Just like start so basic. Don't change anything yet. You know the relationship will come. That's also like a whole identity issue. Like a lot of people identify as a dieter. Like, well, yeah. what are you going to do when you actually lose the weight and you don't have to diet anymore? Like you're never going to go on a crash diet ever again. Like what if this is the last time that you ever have to diet? What are you going to do? You're going to self-sabotage because you identify as a a dieter. You're eventually going to gain the weight back. So you need to fix all that stuff before, you know, you do gain the weight back. Like, so that's kind of like what we call phase one is everything that would kick you off in the past or cause you to gain weight. You got to fix that first. I want to address everything as it comes so we can build strategies on, you know, changing your identity. And when you're talking about, um, having, you know, protein, every meal and the digestion and everything like that, it can be extremely overwhelming. And I want everybody kind of listening. Like if you're overwhelmed by this conversation about how good you could feel and like, Oh, it must be nice to be them. It also took me probably 13 years of being conscious of it and then getting the direction of someone outside of me. I hired a coach back in the day, she helped me a lot. She's actually one of my assistant coaches now, which I told you a little bit about. And it it took extreme awareness for another two years before I got to the place where I'm very confident with everything I'm putting in my body with what its role is. Sometimes it's for enjoyment. Sometimes it's go workout. Sometimes it's for, you know, mental clarity. Sometimes just to feel full and hit goals and, you know, like body composition. It's not, it's not like this just followed a meal plan and it was a perfect meal plan for me. Um, Because like I said, I have to make chicken nuggets work. I have to make, you know, waffles yeah, yeah. work sometimes. Like I, I eat half of a waffle every day between the two kids. Dude, I had I had pancakes and a couple slices of bacon this morning. Like it's 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 Don't not worry about that at all. <laughs> they're like like I think that's such a big piece of this is I if if I were to like show and I that's why I actually like putting pictures of my food on my stories because it is not what a lot of the other influencers look like. Like I don't always have these like super pretty salads and the reality is like, I have these plans, but like I work a corporate job. I do this. I, mm-hmm. you know, like we're getting married in July. Like, oh, congratulations! I, thank you. I just, we just, I just don't have time to like live this perfect fitness influencer life. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like, I, I have a workout plan, right? Like I try to follow a three to four day split and then almost on a weekly basis, I miss one or two workouts mm-hmm. because something comes up. And like, yeah, maybe on those days I'll try to just go for an extra long walk or I'll try to get some pushups mm-hmm. and like body squats in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's even then it still doesn't always happen. Like I still yeah. have those days where I look back at it and I'm like, I didn't do anything I said I was going to do. Yeah. Like it's just being a human. You want to know the best cheat code that I ever, it blows everybody's mind. They, they don't understand it because it doesn't make sense because, you know, you do a four day a week split. You do it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. You rest on Wednesdays. You rest on the weekends. That's what it's been like since the beginning of time. Or you yeah. do a three day week of splits. Like it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So for me, if I have like a three day a week workout plan um, and say it's 10 weeks, we got 30 workouts. I just number them one through 30. 
two comes after one, three comes after two, four comes after three. I don't care if it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't care if it's like a three day split and you do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then you take three days off because like in the grand scheme of things, let's just take a step back over the course of the last 30 days. How many workouts did you get in? I got in my 15 or whatever the three days a week it would be. I hit my goals. Was it optimal? Well, well, no, according to like the Russian studies that they did back in the 80s, you know, like for rest periods between workouts, it wasn't. But I got everyone done. I felt pretty recovered in between. I feel like I got stronger. Well, if you got stronger, you're stronger. It did its job. Right. So. But I have them do like some days like I so right now I have a four day week split and some weeks I have five workouts because everything lined up and it worked out perfectly. Um, one thing that I do every Saturday morning before my kids wake up is I, I love going to the gym when the gym's empty and just working out because it's the only time I do it. Um, some day, some weeks I do five weeks, five days, some days a week or some weeks I do three, some days I do some weeks I do two, but I'm, I'm just going in order from my program of what it said. And it I feel like over the past man two programs that I've done for probably the past like 25 weeks, I've never felt this strong and this good and this consistent. And that's how I made it work. Like I, I would love to say, yeah, like I do a Monday, Tuesday, and then I rest Wednesday and Thursday, Friday. But for instance, I got some news on Wednesday and I did not work out today at all. And I'm not going to, Um, it's not going to work. I just had to pick up a little too many, too many different things that I I can't get to the gym. So tomorrow morning will be my day four. And actually I have nothing or, Actually, Sunday, I have a. I'm doing a, a course, an email course, copywriting course. So I'm not going to be able to work out then either. Um, so Monday, you know, maybe it'll open up. I don't think it will, and I, I'm going to be back on Tuesday. So I think like look at numbers, just one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to thirty, compared to day one, day two, day three, day one, day two, day three is like a big aha that nobody talks about. I, no one's ever I, told me that. I love that. I love that strategy so much. And it's funny because as you were saying that, I was like, I do that <laughs> without even, without ever thinking about it as like a strategy. Like it's just, it, but to your point, cause I used to always do, okay, if I have a three day program, right. And I miss Friday, then the next week I just start over. Cause it's just mm-hmm. like in my like perfectionist head, it just feels yeah. better. Right. But then the reality is like, you probably have a, a day of the week where it's more likely that you're going to miss that one usually. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if Wednesday you miss a workout, it's probably likely that Wednesday for some reason is busier than other ones. And so you're going to, if you keep missing the same workout over and over, you're neglecting entire muscle groups. Yeah. Right. And to that, to that point too, another thing that I started doing with clients that I love, and I actually started trying to implement this for myself is going down. So like, if you, let's say you're like, I could probably do three days, right. Then what I would do is say, okay, let's build a two day program with mm-hmm. a third day that's optional. Love right. It. And so then when the, you build a two day program, what's going to happen is like, okay, well then I'm probably going to build you two full body days. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I want you to hit every muscle group. Awesome. So we get both, we get all muscle groups hit twice a week. And then the third one that's optional, like if imagine when you think you have to do three and you miss the third one, Versus when you think you have to do two and you hit that third one, how much better it feels, Mm -hmm. right? To, to be able to hit that, that third option and be like, cool, I got extra credit versus I failed today. And the reality is like, you get the same results either way. Yeah. So what I do, I do, I have that option. What I'll usually do is I'll build out two days and then it's just like one, two. And then you can either, you have in the next two weeks, you can either do this 14 times, you can do 21 times. I want you to at least do 14 
or sorry, I want you to do it at least two times a week over the next, you know, four weeks, you have the opportunity to do 21. Um, and then if you fall somewhere in between, cool, you're a little bit ahead of the plan. If you do the 14, like you're right on pace for exactly what we tried to do. And that's a sweet yeah. spot. There is no law. Like you never lost. You just do day one, day two. Oh, the next, oh, I get to work on a Saturday. I'm doing day one. Well, it's weird when you do day two on a Monday, but whatever, no one else is doing day two. So like all that equipment's open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, and, and that's, I think to, to everything that we've been talking about going back to the very beginning is most of this is just doing this consistently. Like mm-hmm. not, whoever's listening to this, the people that we work with, we don't, I, don't, I doubt it's anyone that's trying to be on a bodybuilding stage, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it is, I'm not the guy for you. If it's, you know, if you're trying to win a powerlifting meet, probably also not the guy for you. If you're just trying to, you know, make sure that you don't lose muscle every decade after 30, or maybe, you know, build some lean muscle and and stay healthy as you age and feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and make sure that you're not getting frail and, and, and with low back pain, like over the yeah. years, all those things, then just doing one to three days a week of strength training is going to do so much for you that like, it's probably going to give you 90% of the benefit of all of this. Right. So like just lowering the bar a little bit, I think people feel bad and guilty about it, but like, I think the more realistic and achievable you can make it, the better chances you're going to do it for long enough that actually matters. And you got to enjoy it, right? Like if you hate, 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 hate going to the gym, well, what, what do you like right now? Let's just, let's again, meet you where you're at. What, what do you like? Oh, I really like doing this one restorative yoga. Cool. Love it. Can you walk sometimes? Love that. Oh my gosh. You like to ride bikes? Like, let's go. Like, do you, could you go to a cycling class every once in a while? And like, it's a fine line too, because right now they're like, cardio is not the best way to lose weight. Well, you know, and I think there's so many different things. Like I'm not a huge cardio person for me. Like I've had a lot of results from walking and strength training. I love walking. I love strength training. Cause I, when I listen, I listen to podcasts when I walk, I get outside with my dog. I like it. I don't like sitting on a cycling class anymore. Cause I did that shit for three years and I taught it and I don't like it anymore. I kind of yeah. burnt myself out. So for me, it's not ideal, but if you like, you're meeting your friends there and it's a party and you absolutely love it, go do it. Um, I would do that as like an enjoyment piece. Don't just try to kick your ass every day. Like, I think there should be a good relationship with why you're doing it. You shouldn't be trying to like, you know, cause pain to yourself or like have a penance. Like that's not the best way to lose weight. But if it's, if it's that or sitting and sleeping in and not doing anything, you should go to the cycling class. Like I'm pro cardio now. Ryan, like you thought you were anti-cardio. I'm like, well, if it's, if you're a stressed person and you're always stressed and you're always doing cardio. Yeah. I'm going to recommend you bring that down a little bit because I'm a big fan of like the stress recovery one-to-one first, um, especially if you're dealing with like busy parents that are not sleeping and then all they do is cardio. Like I'm in that situation, I'm a little anti-cardio, but what I'm trying to come back to is like, you need to find your routine that you want to live the rest of your life. Don't look at this. I'm going to go do this boot camp for two months and you know, I'm going to, then I'm going to go do this for like two months and I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up and change it all the time. For me, I have a clear why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. I have a dream. I had a dream where I am going golfing with my grandkids. So, you know, I'm just a a very tell it as it is kind of person. All right, Ryan, like you need to be able to swing a golf club and put a, you know, a ball on a tee in the ground and pick it out of the cup when you're probably 90 because you're, you had your first kid at 30. So your next kid might not have his kid until he's 30. 
all right, so now you're 60 when your your grandkids won. Well, your grandkid's not going to be able to golf until he's probably like 10, 12, 13, maybe, you know, so you need to make it for another 82 or like, you know, not 62 years. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I need to be like in my 90s if I want to go enjoy this dream. Well, if I reverse engineered that, I should probably be golfing today. I should be probably, you know, taking care of my body. I should probably try to keep a little bit lower of a fat, like body fat percentage. I should probably, you know, strength train to be able to, you know, support. And like you said, keep that muscle. Like it's always easier to keep it than build it anyway. Um, that's so I just reverse engineer my life to live the dream that I want. I love that. It's, it's interesting to the, the whole, the whole piece around cardio. Cause I was, I was the same way where I was kind of going down the route. I feel like it's, it's become popular to basically say that, um, you know, cardio prevents fat loss and all these things. And, um, which is like, which is, which is kind of a ridiculous notion to think about. Like, of course, cardio can help you in weight mm-hmm. loss overall. But I think that I think I look at it now the same way that I look at the conversation we had around food, that to me, it's not necessarily the cardio that we need to worry about. It's the lack of strength training mm-hmm. that I think is more important. Like, I think to me, it's like, add this, add the good stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a problem that people are doing spin classes. I think the problem is that we only, for most people, we only think about cardio and we don't strain train, which is leaving a lot of the benefits on the table. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing that I grew a lot when I left, you know, my, my last job, because I was a zealot. I was overexcited about, you know, everything that the gym had to offer. And I think when you, you get that, like you go to cycle bar, obviously this, this, the instructors are excited about cycle bar. You know, when you go to yoga one, like they're excited about yoga. Like they think that everybody should only be doing yoga. And then you go to your personal trainer and your personal trainers are like, oh, strength training is the best. You should only be doing personal yeah. training. And like everybody gets very excited about like what they're doing because they obviously believe in it. And so it's like, it's not even their fault, but like in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm not training myself. Like I, when I was a personal trainer and I had all these different modalities, it wasn't like, I would go do all those things. That I enjoyed them, but I also love exercise. I love being in a gym. I love that atmosphere. And, you know, for somebody else to come in and if they would hopefully hang out with me, I wanted them to just soak up a little bit of the love. So they loved all this stuff. Right. And could kind of have a good relationship. But when you go to these like specialized studios that just do like one thing, you know, it's very easy to caught up in that Kool-Aid. And, you know, like I, I trained out of a CrossFit box and same thing. Like I love that, that, that gym that I worked out at because they really prioritize movement. They, they separated the strength condition like the strength days and they had like their workout like their wads or whatever they were like pretty short and sweet where it wasn't like you know they were just grinding for 60 minutes which i've been to classes like that too um so it's a little bit more realistic for people to grow into because they're addressing every different facet of fitness um so just i guess be careful with you know the the information that you're getting if you know you're going to a i don't even know like um what's that orange theory you know, mm-hmm. that Orange Theory coach probably loves Orange Theory and they're promoted and they're paid to say, I love Orange Theory. Well, in reality, like if you've been going to Orange Theory for now a year and a half and you're not in the shape that you want to be in, maybe explore other options. Yeah. Or if you do it because you love it and you don't care about necessarily how you look and feel or, you know, like if you're sorry that that, that this is coming out wrong. 
if you go to Orange Theory and you're there for a very long time and you don't have the body composition that you want and you feel like you have a good diet and nutrition plan and everything's lining up, but you're not getting the results, maybe explore other options like, say, strength training. Mm-hmm. Or here's a really cool thing. Change your words to match your actions. If you love Orange Theory and you like don't care if your body composition changes, just stop trying to lose fat and just enjoy your classes and enjoy how you're eating because you found a perfect maintenance plan to maintain your results. That's like, it. Or if you want to like the fat loss that you say you want, change your plan and your actions to match your words. Mm. But when you start, when your words and your actions aren't aligned, that's when you start killing your self-efficacy. And then that's when you get really frustrated. And that's when you feel really defeated over time. And that's something that is going to crush your confidence. That's what's going to make you feel like, you know, you don't know what to do next where you're hopping from things to thing and uncertain. And that's a scary place to be too. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that's so important to be able to periodically stop and challenge your own beliefs Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, again, it goes back to this whole conversation of like optimal and what you should be doing. And like, and I think it's very natural for anyone that starts doing something new that you kind of get wrapped up into it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm definitely that person. Like when I started doing something, I am like, I am the advocate, the biggest advocate in the world for, mm-hmm. for that exact thing. And like, and I did get wrapped up into strain training like that too. And I still, like, I think it's an incredibly important part that everybody probably should be doing to some degree. Um, but it's, it's something that even recently, like in my own training, I was, I was doing, you know, kind of a four day split, like really like optimal sets, right. Of trying to get like these, um, I'm, I'm in between 10 and 15 sets per muscle group and all these things. And like, and like seeing like good results, right? Building some muscle, getting stronger for sure. But as I notice it, it's like some things start start where I start realizing like I have just a little bit more joint pain, right? Mm-hmm. And like it's like every week, like I kind of get to Friday and my low back's just like a little bit like oh man, those deadlifts, like yeah. you know, and, and it's 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 nothing. There's nothing bad, right? Like it's, it's nothing that. But um, over time, I'm noticing like even. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm leaner, I'm getting a little bit bigger, but it's like, I, I don't feel like I, I look, you know, like anything that's like making me feel great by any means. Um, to the point where I was like, what am I actually doing right now? Right? Like I don't feel my best. I don't think that I look my best. And I think that it was as a moment of, of like, okay, what if I just try to peel back go to like three days a week, right? A little mm-hmm. bit less volume, take some pressure off of my joints for a little bit. And let's just try to add a little bit of cardio back in, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, there's, it's been a while since I was like intentional cardio and it's, I've literally only been doing it for a few weeks, but it's like, I just already feel better. Like yeah. I feel lighter. I feel less of that kind of like nagging, um, you know, tightness throughout the days. and. I don't, I'm not saying that what I'm, what I'm, what I definitely am not saying is that like everyone should not do four days. Like, I think that's a great split for a lot of people. I think it wasn't right for me at this point in my life with a lot of the other things I have going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's important is like optimal is based off of usually what people research in a lab. on like 22 year old dudes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So that's very different from what happens in real life. And I think like we have to always think about, in my perspective, I think that like if you're doing workouts and you're trying to eat better and you're doing all these things, like 
they should be improving your life. Right. And like, if they're not, then I think you got to reassess. Oh, a hundred percent. And look at your, your plan and your life and everything that you're doing as like dynamic. It's not set in stone. You know, you were doing four days a week and then you started listening to your body. You're like, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I think my body could use this. One thing that I did, um, I had a 500 pound deadlift goal for last year. I just, I don't know. I was wanting to go after it for a long time and I just decided to do it last year. And I got to four or 525 with a trap bar, with a straight bar. I only got 475 and it crushes me to this day. But at the same time, like (laughs) every time I picked the bar off the ground, I didn't know if I was going to come back down and be okay. Like it it got scary for me. I felt very not great in my body. Like every exercise, like I was spending a lot of time doing mobility just to make sure I didn't hurt myself. It was getting kind of scary for me. Um, And then I I stepped away from that program. I finished it. And then I realized, man, like I, I can't move like laterally anymore. Like I was playing basketball with my kid and I'm like, I took a sidestep. I'm like, where did that go? Like, I'm not, I don't feel athletic anymore. So I started throwing in a lot more lateral exercise in my next program to kind of like go to the next phase. And you, you said something about like, you felt like you needed to do a certain way. I have this really weird concept in, and it comes to food. It comes to like, like whatever you feel you need to do, that's a great opportunity to step away from it for like a, like a week or a Mm. day or two days. So like me, I kind of get obsessed with food sometimes and I'm obsessed with hitting macros and I get obsessed with what I'm putting in my body. And I, I'm like, man, I just need to take a break. I'm stepping away. I'm I'm having a diet break. I mean, they're not tracking anything and I'm just like, you know, making good decisions or I might like just do a 48 hour fast, just water. I don't want to think about anything. It's already made the decision. I'm not eating for 48 hours and it's not for fat loss or weight loss. It's just for me to like, kind of get my mind right around food again, because I'm, I'm going too aggressive towards it, too obsessive. And same thing with like exercise. If you feel like I need to get my run in, like I'm, I'm just too anxious if I get a run. If I don't, if I miss my cardio, I miss my run, I miss my workout. You need to take a week off and just not even look at the gym. Don't think about it. Just go for a walk, maybe do some like restorative yoga, like go on YouTube or whatever and, and Google that. Um, but the second you feel like you need something, you probably should step away from it for a moment and just like, again, reflect. Why do I feel like I need to hit my macros? Like, what's the big deal? Like there's people all over the world that can't even afford to eat that much protein, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Am I going to starve? Am I going to like, you know, am I going to be super anxious the next day? If that's the case, then yeah, I probably should fast or I might just need a diet break, <laughs> which is fine too. Yeah. That, that is excellent advice. I think that is so, that is so wise to, Jordan Syed said one time that this like stuck with me that the thing that you're afraid of most right now is probably the thing you need to do the most. Yeah. Right. And like for some people that is, I am terrified of going into the gym and I'm terrified of starting exercise. Right. And like, you probably need to start doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for others, it's the polar opposite. Like I'm afraid of missing a workout or I'm afraid of going a day without tracking. Like that is one of my favorite things is the clients who track every single day. They track everything, right? They're, they've gotten so they're, they've gotten so good at it. Like it's, it's done so many good things for them. They lost a lot of weight. They feel healthier, all these things. And now it's like, it's great that they have this in their life as a tool. I want you to not track today. Yeah. Right. It's going to be okay. And like, I think once just being able to see that you don't need this thing, mm-hmm. you want it you want this, this tool in your life, right? Like, I think that is so important because it takes away a lot of the stress that you feel like you have to do all these things. Like, no, maybe 
you just want to do it. And that is like a very, very different relationship with yeah. food or tracking or whatever it is. Yeah. It, uh, and I, I don't know if it was from when I like became a dad. I don't know when it happened hundred percent, just priority shift of like, what's really important. And like my body fat percentage, as long as it's in a healthy spot, I'm cool. Could it be lower? Could I have more confidence? All right, then yeah, I should probably address that and go after it. If it's going to take away from like more time with my kids where I'm like just never around and I'm always in the gym, I'm always running, I'm always doing something. Well now, you know, back to it is like, is it really that important? Can I address it a different way? You know, can I attack this goal from a, a different perspective than, you know, going all into exercise? Um, Cause if you can figure that out, then you, I think you have the secret sauce to how you're going to live the rest of your life. Cause you, mm. you understand sacrifice and is it worth it or is it not worth it? And I think a lot of people like, that scares them to have that kind of control. They'd rather just like fall in line with, you know, what other people are doing and follow other people and never really have these hard conversations with themselves. Like, what do you really want? And if you say you want more confidence, well, what are you willing to do to get it? You know, mm. probably takes a little bit of sacrifice. It takes change for sure. One thing about identity that I love about identity is that you have no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago to anybody in the world. You know, people think like, oh no, they, they, I need to be that person for this person. I need to, you know, be that kind of mom. I need to be that kind of friend. I need to be that, you know, that's what they expect of me. That's a them issue. You know, like yeah. I want to be the person I am today because I, you know, I sleep easy at night and I take care of the people that are closest to me. Like, I really want to believe, you know, I have a tight circle of people. And if you're in it, it's good for like, good for me. Like, right. It has nothing to do with them or anybody else. And I'm not putting anybody else out or anything like that. I'm just saying like, you can't be everything to everyone all the time. And I think yeah. everybody, especially parents try to do that. And someone slapped me in the face when I was, you know, working as a, um, a fit, uh, training director. He's like, you can't be everything to everyone all the time, or you can be, you can be everything to everyone. Some of the time you can be everything to someone all the time, but you can't be everything to everybody all the time. And I'm like, Oh, shoot. Mm. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. And that's where, 90% of my stress and anxiety came from um, yeah. compared to like, Hey, I'm going to do my best. And this is exactly who I am. Uh, this is my authentic, you know, human self. If you don't really like it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the person for you. And unfortunately when I was in like a, a, a land, like a landlocked brick and mortar gym, that probably is not the best for a company. I'm not going to lie. Cause customer service, if you don't agree with how I look at things, you know, we're not going to get along. And I was trying, I, I was blending into that business of my identity and it scared me to be honest. And now that, you know, I'm working for myself, kind of like I said, I don't think I could be happier, you know, showing up day in and day out of, because like, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, there are so many good coaches out there. Mm -hmm. I would be happy to connect you with any one of them. You know, like from what you're saying, I would love to recommend people over to you. If you, you know, if you don't align with like how I talk and how I act, um, because I'm not everything to everybody and I don't want to be because if I'm working with somebody who doesn't align with me, you're probably going to cause me, you know, more stress and anxiety trying to help you anyway. And yeah. you're going to, you know, I'm not going to show up as my true authentic self, which is a lesser version than what I want to be. So here, I'm going to go connect you with my friend, you know, so-and-so. Um, cause I, I think like, that's another thing, like every influencer, every coach, every, you know, gym, every personal trainer, they want nothing but the best for you. And I think that's mm -hmm. another really weird conversation to have is like, I don't feel like I'm competing with anybody. 
I feel like everybody should start collaborating and stop making you afraid of everything or, you know, do my thing because my thing's the best thing. And, you know, avoid that. Like, you know, when I was a personal trainer, I was like, yeah, CrossFit's the worst. Like, cause there's other CrossFit gyms in the area. And like, if they didn't train with me, they were going to go train at CrossFit. So I'd like, yeah, it's dangerous. It's scary. You shouldn't do it. Now I'm like, yeah, if you want to have more fun and you could show up and you could be more consistent, go nuts and CrossFit. Like yeah. if you well, like if you love that personal trainer, go hang out with them. You know, five days a week. That's amazing. I, I'm if you love cycling, go to like Cycle Bar does it better than anybody I've ever been to. You know, if you love yoga, like here's a great place. And I think like it's weird not having a brick and mortar like like as an my identity. But man, is it really freeing to just? I don't feel like I need to work with anybody. I get the opportunity to help some people, and I'm super happy with that. And if I don't align with you, there are so many amazing coaches. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I love that so much. It's, there's, it's, it is weird to have that weird kind of competition thing that goes on within the industry. Like I, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to make sure that people live a healthier life. Right. And like, I think the reason why there is influencers in this whole space is because people resonate with different types of personalities and different types of messages and people need different things. Like the people I talk to and that cater to, a lot of them are not in this place where they're like, I need to get kicked in the ass and I got to yeah. get like, no, they've been overthinking this whole thing for a long time. Like they know they need to do all these things. They just need someone to be like, dude, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be perfect all the time. And that's very different than someone who's like, I can't get off the couch and I need someone to yell in my face. And I need to watch David Goggins videos until like I go run outside for two hours. Right. Like, and that's okay. Like <laughs> I don't need those people to, you know, like I, I want to empower the people that like is natural for me to talk to about. Cause it's usually and like, I'm sure the same for you. Like it comes from a lot of your own struggles Oh yeah, and, and knowing how to, how to fix those too. So it's like, I, I completely agree that I, there is no competition. Like at the end of the day, I think everyone, whether it's, you know, within business, within fitness, you need to, always be listening and trying to gravitate towards, like we talked about that in the beginning, right? Balance. There is no such thing as balance, but like you should always be striving yeah. for it. And I think being able to see like when you're teetering on the extreme of one, right? Like how do you kind of get off the edge and go back a little bit closer to the middle? You know, what's really scary for me and someone pointed this out to me is, you know, whenever you're super excited and you are like, this is the way, you, if you hang out there for too long, you're going to hang out there to the point where you no, no longer are just like pro what you choose. You're anti the opposite. Yeah. And like, you know, for case in point, like people are either vegan right now or carnivore, right? Mm -hmm. Like vegan, like if you got into it because you like you love the lifestyle and, you know, you're, you're for animal rights or whatever reasons for you to be it. That's amazing for you. But why are you demonizing people who eat meat? And for mm -hmm. you people who are only eating meat and you feel amazing and it cleared up all this stuff for you, you have no right to go like talk shit to people who choose to eat plants. Eat like lettuce. why, why can't we all just like, I hate the term like just coexist, but like your plan and your plan are different. Are you both yeah. happy with it? Yeah. Why are you so resentful towards the other side? It's kind of like, you know, the feminist that wants to get into feminism for pro, you know, female rights to the point where she now hates men. Mm -hmm. And I think like when you start going and, and you could go any like any political party, I'm not really tied to like anything like that because I really like, you know, fitness and nutrition. And I, I'm not I don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to anything politically. Yeah. But like the same thing with, you know, every 
category out there with politics coming up this year, you know, you, you can't be like in the middle anymore. Everything needs to be so polarizing compared to like, I think a very sweet spot to be is in the middle. I call that flexibility. Yeah. I have like an open mind, like for diet, I have a really cool thing where I really like my protein and I really appreciate some vegetables. Well, like who's going to like, who's going to draft me to their side? I'm in the yeah. middle. And I think everybody wants to belong to something. And when you don't, when you don't want to go to those extremes, what do you do? And I'm like, Hey, like, hi, I'm Ryan. I think like this is good balance. And you can just like, you know, I'm not even a clean eater. I'm a cleanish kind of eater. You know, like I want to yeah, make it yeah. work for you. You know, if you have waffles and chicken nuggets, that's cool. You know, you can make it work and you can still be, you know, happy and healthy. Um, you know, you don't have to go to the extremes of like, this is my meal plan. This is my, my, my way of life. Um, like for me, I'll never eat out of Tupperware ever again in the rest of my life. Not because I don't like that, or, or I guess like it's because I don't like that. Like I have a disdain for eating like tilapia, rice, and broccoli out of Tupperware. Yeah. I don't, I still eat tilapia, rice, and broccoli, but reheated in a microwave at like two in the afternoon where I'm like exhausted. It's the last thing that I ever want to do in my life because I, I took, I took a meal plan to the extreme for too long. And now yeah. I, 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 I'm anti meal prep. 18 pieces of tilapia for one for reading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I that's a, way off there. <laughs> no, I think that's an important point that if you, if you identify as something, right, like that's a dangerous place to be in general. Like, I think if you say this is my identity of like in, in nutrition, we see it right. Vegan, carnivore, keto, paleo, like it's, it's part of being, it's, it's, it's just like this natural human reaction of trying to be a part of something bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have, it, it ends up being in a lot of cult like tendencies for people, right. That when you like going onto nutrition posts where I kind of hate these, where like people will now like the whole trend on Instagram is that they'll like post someone else's video. And then they basically rip that sure. video apart. It's like, it, it gets amazing engagement, but it's just such a toxic way of, of doing this. Right. Because like, you're just tearing someone else down to prop yourself up. But like those videos always going in the comment section is like, it makes my brain bleed Yeah, <laughs> because it's just like, it's so many people that are arguing with each other. And the whole time you read everything, you're like, none of these people will ever change the other person's mind. Yeah. No matter what. Right. And it, I just saw one. I just saw one that was like about oats. Which yeah. like somehow oats is now like the devil. All the phytic acid in it. Oh my god! Right, and and it was like the the comments in there were unbelievable. Like the people who are, who are like so, they're like, well, yeah, why would you eat oatmeal? Even though the entire video just showed you the research that basically says like oats are a very healthy food overall. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with eating it. Even then, people are like, um, yeah, but they're terrible for you. You shouldn't eat it without any kind of like actual logic evidence reasoning or anything that I think it, it brings me back to like my days of being a clean eater. Right. And, mm -hmm. and low carbs and all these things. Like I wasn't looking for evidence to prove my point wrong. Yeah. Like I was looking for confirmation yeah. that what I was following is already correct. And so I think whenever you feel that, right. Whenever you see evidence or research or something that points that like, Hey, your position's probably maybe not right. Like, I think if you have this violent reaction to it, to like immediately say, no, 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 that's wrong. You probably need to like, think about that for a second. 
Yeah. And it, the, the worst part about all this is that you go to the polar opposite sides of everything. Like, you know, for like oatmeal, for example, you know, you see all these arguments like uh, oatmeal is amazing. It's good for energy. Like this one marathon runner has it before every race. And then you're like oatmeal is the devil. It's going to give you like all the, you know, it's going to give you cancer one day. And then what do most people see it? Like, well, I guess I, I shouldn't eat oatmeal. I'm just going to have this like egg McMuffin, you yeah. know? And then like, they just say like, well, fuck it. Like, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what I can eat. Like I can't have, like you could go, we could talk about spinach right now. Raw spinach has high levels of lectin in it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, if it bothers your digestion, cook it a little bit. You know, like we, could, right. we could we could fix this, or we could be like, yeah, spinach is a devil. But like, I thought spinach was a pretty good vegetable. Yeah. yeah well, unfortunately, not anymore. Well, instead of your spinach salad that you were having, uh, you might as well just go get like some French fries. You know, like because yeah. because French fries are just potatoes and seed oils, and then like, oh my gosh, you can't have seed oils. Yeah, it causes more. Imp- yeah, if you're having some sort of seed oil in every meal all the time. Yeah. You're probably gonna have higher levels of inflammation and probably cutting out a little bit might help. But if right now you're making the decision to go eat, you know, I don't know, Qdoba over again, French fries at McDonald's, you know, make the better choice more often for you in that moment. You know, you shouldn't let this, this big picture of all these people that are super like the, the zealots of the world, you know, dictate what you, how you live your life. Like go, like find the plan that makes you feel the best and then put your blinders on. Like just because yeah. you're listening to your body, what you should do. And I think that's the, like the sweetest place to be. Like, so for me, yeah, I'm going to go enjoy a fish fry. It's a fried piece of fish. Like it's yeah. probably going to be cod. I'm probably going to like, I'm not going to have a side salad. I doubt it. Like I'll probably have fries and I'm making it work in my day. Um, is that an everyday thing? No, it's actually my first fish fry that I can like honestly remember. So I'm going to go yeah. and have what I want um, in Wisconsin, right? It's okay. like having a drink is okay. Getting drunk yeah. every weekend, probably not anymore. If you want to be like long-term healthy, um, right. weird concepts. Right. Yeah. Seed oils for me was one that like, I would say that's the, that's the perfect example of one that I stood my ground for such a long time without understanding. Like it was like bashing my head against the wall because I was so convinced that they're like this evil thing that you have to avoid in every single food. I would it's in spend, a lot of things. I would spend right if you go to the grocery store, it's in everything. And so, like, I would I would turn over the label. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I can't do that one. Like going through Trader Joe's was anxiety inducing because everything has seed oils in there. Yeah. And so, over time, as I started learning the actual research, the evidence that like one, the vast majority of evidence shows that it reduces any risk of cardiac disease when you replace saturated fat with seed, with, with polyunsaturated fats and seed oils. Okay. Even then I was like, well, yeah, but that's probably just missing something. Right. And then like, as you keep going further into it, it's like, there's no evidence that shows that it's in, in any way bad for you. Oh, it's high in omega sixes. There's no evidence that shows that that actually makes you in, inflamed. Like we, in theory, in theory, we believe that, but we don't, actually see that in, in human yeah. studies. And so all these things like would keep popping up and I'm like, hold up. Like, why do I actually believe that? Right. Yeah. Like, because some dude, like some influencer, some guy without a shirt on in a grocery store kept yelling yeah. at the camera, telling me to believe yeah. that. Right. And it was like, but it was a slow process. Like I had to start going to the grocery store and being like, this thing has canola oil and it's fine. You can, you can buy it. Right. Yeah. And to your point, like, yeah, if you're going to restaurants and eating like rancid oils in the deep fryers every single day, but like 
the reality is if that's the case, it's not the oils that are, that are the problem, right? Like, so, so I think like that is very different than going to whole foods and getting some chips that has like safflower oil in it. No, it's funny you say that. So like I had a, I, I like sandwiches. I like, I like subs. I like sandwiches. I used to make my own sandwiches. I'd bring them to work all the time. I'd eat the sandwiches and I, there's a trainer. He's like, you eat mayo. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, he's like, that's so disgusting. You know, it's just nothing but like soybean oil. I'm like, okay. Have you had like avocado oil mayo? To me, I think that tastes terrible. <laughs> like that primal mayo. I think it's absolutely disgusting. So like, also we're talking about a tablespoon of mayo, like once yes. every like three days. You think that's really like affecting my blood sugar, like my blood sugar levels <laughs> that much? Come on, like let's be like let's bring it back into just realism. Like let's just be real moving forward. If you, I ate like a tub of mayo every day, yeah, that's probably not healthy. More because in a like in one tablespoon, I think is like 120 calories. Like it's just calorie dense. It's just fat. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, side note, like most of the carbs that most people are afraid of their majority is fat like the yeah. majority that makes up the food is fat like pizza donuts cookies the majority of the calories come from fat um anywho sorry side note but like you shouldn't be afraid of food like if it's a staple in your life you should probably have more healthy staples and everybody knows what healthy staples look like you know it is like having vegetables lean proteins like we're not rewriting the book of what healthy is but a relationship with it i think is a very important piece of that and if it's giving you anxiety, if it's stressing you out, like that's a conversation that you should probably be directed with, with like a professional or like, like a high quality, like coach be like, all right, well, why do you feel this way? Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of conversations with people who started going to Weight Watchers with their mom when they were like 12, 14 years old. And they've been told that like this food is a devil or whatever, you know, that that's food's high points. Mm-hmm. And okay, well, why, what's so bad about it? And you're like, well, it, it was high points. Wait, Weight Watchers told me it was bad. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like where you're at today, I'm not like, I'm bad at sugarcoating things, by the way. You are afraid of this food and you're sitting here 30 to 40 pounds heavier than you want to be. Did you eat that food? Yeah. And that's why I'm fat. Oh, okay. Or did you just eat too much of it over time and got to the place where you're 30 to 40 pounds overweight? Like you, you, it wasn't that one time that you ate it, that one fear. It's like, because you... Well, for a lot of people, it's just because like they resented it at one point. They went all in on it. They like they binge ate it mm-hmm. to like prove a point kind of thing. Um, well, then we get into identity work, and then I'm not qualified. I'm being like honest, like <laughs> therapy route. That like there's a lot of people that you know I'll work with, but I'll only work with them if they're working with a therapist because I'm not yeah. qualified to have that conversation. Um, yeah. To be honest, like so, I, I'm not your guy. If you want therapy for free, like I, <laughs> I'm not going to coach you through that. But like I can help you with like some relationships. Like, all right, cool. Like, go have the patty melt, for example, and then let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see what happens over the course of a week. Can we make it work? And then like, oh my gosh, here's proof. If I ate a pizza, then stand in front of a mirror. Like, how do I look? Well, a lot of people like I eat pizza, I, I get fatter. Actually, not. I want you to go take a picture today. Go eat pizza the next day. Take a picture at the same time of day. And what's the difference? Oh man, there's not really that much of a difference. I still look the same that I did the day before. Cool. Mm. Pizza no longer makes you fat. All right. Are we over this now? Cool. Let's move on to the next thing. Like donuts. Yeah. Donuts. If I look at a donut, I gain five pounds. All right. Actually step on the scale, go look at a donut, go eat a donut, go step on the scale. Again, you're going to be like 0.2 pounds heavier. That's because of the weight of the donut or whatever, you know, yeah. the donut's not going to make you fat. Can it cause water fluctuation? For sure. But you did not gain two pounds of fat from one meal or one day. 
like literally yesterday I had some chicken Alfredo and it tasted amazing. And it was like outside my meal plan and it did put me over my calories and it did make me feel a little bit defeated from the day because I did end on a good note and my wife brought over leftovers and I had some. Anyway, the scale was up three pounds this morning. It was 206 like on Thursday morning. It was 209 this morning. I know that I didn't gain three pounds of fat. I'm like, I went over, I, I didn't go to the bathroom yet that day. It's a little constipated if you want to get like personal. Like I'm just retaining more water. I drink a gallon of water every day. Um, and I guarantee if I went and weighed myself right now, I'd probably be like 206.8. Um, and it's weird that I know that. But like, again, I brought extreme awareness to it. I also think yeah. I have a pretty good relationship with the scale. Like it didn't really affect my day. I'm like, am I disappointed that it's not down? No. How could I be like, like, how could I expect it to go down? I had something that's super salty, like very calorie dense. And it was more carbs than I had planned for the day. Carbs retain water. Like I, you know, it just makes sense to me. And I could talk myself through it pretty easily. Now compared in the past, it'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm three pounds up now. Like I'll just start back over on Monday. I'm getting drunk tonight. That's how I yeah. live my twenties. Right. And that's yeah. not a healthy relationship with food, scale, tracking, anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's it. I think it all just goes back to like, you know, and it's such a cliche term, but building a healthy relationship. Like, I think it's, you know, it, it, it is, we talked about it and I talk about this all the time. Like it's just going on offense, right? Like it's doing things that, that make you feel good, that give you energy, that, it's not coming from a place of just like, I'm just, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I'm afraid of doing that. Right. Or, or like, I don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's doing these things. Cause you know, that like, it's going to make you feel better the rest of the day and it's going to make you feel better tomorrow. And you know, it's like, I think taking some of that emotion out, like I, I have a lot of people who, you know, like a lot of people will say, throw away the scale. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of disagree with that. Like I, I have a lot of people who came and they're like, they're saying, okay, yeah, you know, like I, I hate the scale. And it's like, okay, well, how often are you weighing yourself? And it's like, well, every few weeks. And they always do it like after like a ter- mm-hmm. like a giant party they had. I'm like, well, of course you hate the scale, right? But like, well, let's remember this. Like the scale is going to go up. It's going to come mm-hmm. down. It's going to fluctuate. Yeah. All that really matters is like your trend over time. Like what's your weekly average over those seven days? And let's take, all the emotion out of it. It's just a number, right? It's just telling us data points. And so like, I want you to, I actually want you to weigh yourself daily. Mm -hmm. And if you hate it after two weeks, we don't have to ever do it again. But the reason I want you to do that is because I want you to see that it's normal that it fluctuates. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? Versus going and stepping on there every two weeks. And it just happens to be the day after you ate a bunch of salt and carbs, right? So like you retained water. No, like let's go on there and then text me when you step on there and it's up two pounds and you're like, I'm freaking out. Let's talk through it. Right. But I guarantee you the next day it's going to be down again. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of like start seeing that and you start seeing that it's normal, like I think it, a lot of the fear drops away from it and it doesn't yeah. become so scary all the time. Yeah. I'm grinning super big over here. Um, everyone says they want a healthy relationship with food. Everyone says they want to have a healthy relationship with, you know, the scale and I'm like, all right, cool. That takes work. And then it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it's, you don't just like, hi, hi, like food. Want to have a good relationship? <laughs> you got to do the work. You got to unpack all the things that gave you negative feelings about it. So like, yeah. you know, back to that scale and being able to talk to people about it, like to do the work is like, yeah, you got to get really uncomfortable. I always say, you know, if we stay superficial, we can drop 10 to 20 pounds. Those are, those are superficial pounds. You'll gain them back. I get you. That's what you do. You're a dieter. You lose weight, you gain it back. 
well, if we want to get deep, you know, if we if we get deep, then we get real results. And that's the kind of like you lose it, you keep it off forever. So what that actually looks like, it's, you know, it is weighing yourself every day and then talking yourself why the scales up when people I have like, for instance, someone just they had a really cool check in and they literally lost like three pounds in the course of like three days. I'm like, cool, tomorrow's going to be up. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, tomorrow's going to be up. They're like, why do you say that? Because tomorrow it's going to be up. Just, I don't know. I've seen enough scale measurements day to day. I know it's going to be up. Right. Um, and it sure as shit, it was. So all the, why all the reasons was, cause like, you know, water weight fluctuate, you didn't lose three pounds during this time of just fat. It's water like fluctuations. I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you that you lost three pounds. It's going to be back up. Your average weight is still going to be that, that, that pound, pound and a half that we're aiming for. And I'm very excited for you for that. Like to see new lows each week is amazing. Um, and it, like you said, it's where you're trending over time. Take a step back, like take a bird's eye view. Don't get wrapped up in the moment and the details of everything. Like, how do you feel like you're doing big picture? Is this something that you feel like you could do it forever? And a question that I ask a lot is if I snap my fingers and you lost 30 pounds by tomorrow, what's your confidence level that you could keep it off? And sometimes it's like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm very uncertain. And they're like, well, with you, like maybe like, you know, 75 to 85%. Um, without you, like, you know, I don't feel confident at all. I'm like, we need to fix that. I'm your coach, not your crutch. I'm not going to be here. I don't want repeat customers. Like we got to get in, get out, figure out this stuff um, so that you can have the result on your own the rest of your life. Because I don't, I don't, I love my people that I train. I love them to death. I do not want them to be in the program forever because then I failed as a coach. The way yeah. that I, I look at it, like I don't want to have people need me that long. I don't need, you don't need me to talk you off a scale ledge because the weight's up. Go learn why is the weight up. Uh, we'll talk through that together. Now you got to be able to do it on your own. So like I have, um, it's not like I do it on purpose, um, but I have a life and I have boundaries and sometimes people message me and I don't get back to it for, you know, 12 hours. Um, I don't have great boundaries, but I have boundaries. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> and so like, they're like, oh my gosh, like this happened. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, uh, and then I come back. I'm like, so what'd you do? Oh, like I chose this and I felt good about this. I'm like, that's amazing. What would you have wanted me to say in that moment? Probably like to just make this. So you, just, you didn't even need my recommendation. You just need reassurance. Isn't it cool that you made the right decision without me? Awesome. Like now let's, you know, like keep making those decisions. You're doing great. Yeah. And I, that's like a very weird way to look at it. And I don't know if that's what every coach says. I don't know. I've only worked with one other coach in my life um, from health. And that's kind of what she did. And I loved it. So that's kind of like what I try to do. I love that. I love that. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yes. I got to get to a, another call actually. Awesome. <laughs> well, Ryan, great to, to chat with you. And I love having you on. Um, definitely want to have you on again. Super insightful conversation. I, I'm sure people are going to find a lot of value out of a lot of things we just talked about. So one, uh, thank you. And two, where could people find you? Yeah. The easiest place to find me is probably on Instagram. Um, the coach Murphy on Instagram. And yeah, if you guys are curious or like anything that I say, I do offer, you know, a free metabolic assessment and it's not like some weird sales thing. It's literally just because a lot of people try to start something, but they have zero recognition of where they're at. So my goal is just like, all right, I'm going to show you where to start and then send you on your way and hopefully like help you out. So if you want that, uh, you can, I can offer that on um, Instagram. Just message me. I don't have this huge, um, empire that I won't message back to you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Go follow him and yeah, reach out if you need some help. All right. Bye guys. Awesome.